You're listening to Hospital Radio Medway. Hello and welcome to Chatterbox. In this episode, Eileen Griffin talks to Carol Williams, a hypnotherapist. I am here today with a lady called Carol Williams. Carol, welcome to Hospital Radio Medway. Hello, Eileen. And I want to talk to you about the work you do, but let's start off with finding out something about you yourself. Are you a local girl? I am, yes. I'm located in Walderslade at the moment. Um, shortly we'll be moving to High Housestow, but still sort of in Kent area. Right. Were you born in Kent? No, I wasn't. I was born in Surrey. Well, we'll allow anybody to come from any county. I mean, we're not snobs here. No, I know. So Um, how long have you spent in Kent? Oh, over 30 odd years. I mean, I moved down here when I was sort of 20, when I got married Mm -hmm. um, and been down here ever since. So, And was it your husband's job or did he live here? No, it was the price of houses, to be Uh, honest. Yes. You know, they were a lot cheaper down here. And um, when we got married, we decided to move out, buy a property that was being built from the ground up. And um, we've never looked back, really. Wouldn't go back at all. No. No. I must say, I do like Surrey for the roads when you're driving. Yeah, it's got a lot more busier now, though. Yeah, it has. But I suppose the areas that I go to, perhaps they're the areas that are uh, less full of traffic. True. <laughs> Although I don't, I go there on good days. So like Epsom, I go up to oh, Epsom yes. Racecourse. And yeah, we do. We do. I, do you go In, to the pub up there? Yes, we do. Lovely. Yes. The... Yeah. Uh, there's the Fox and Hound. Um, there's different ones. It all depends if you're going on the course as oh, well. I was on the, oh, this is the one on the Tatton course, Corner. which is the... No, not that one. The one that's the... Um, oh, yes, it might be. I think it's called Tattenham Corner. Park. Oh, it might have changed names. It's the far yeah. end one before the hotel. Yes, I know where you mean. Yeah, that is the Tattenham Corner. I thought that... Oh, there it is. Yeah, oh. unless it's changed its name. <laughs> right. I'll have to get on to a friend of mine because he used to own that pub. Have you always done the work that you do here? No, I haven't, no. I've been sort of a hypnotherapist for over 15 years now. Um, But I started off in housing, um, and I still do part-time work for a housing association. Um, So really, my background is in housing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I sort of fell into um, hypnotherapy um, with a friend of mine um, that took me along to a hypnotherapy course. And um, he eventually fell out of the course, and I carried on. And I've never looked back. You know, it's just changed my life completely, really. And I'm sure it changes other people's lives as well. Oh, it does. Yeah, the benefits are enormous. It's more than like, shall we say, a nine to five of the estate agency selling houses type job? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's right. You're putting more hours into it for the person who needs it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I do a free consultation um, and then we go on to the session if the therapy, you know, the therapy session, if that's what they want. Mm. Um, I pay. They pay by the hour, but I always go over. Normally it's about an hour and a half because if I'm getting somewhere with a client, then I don't want to stop and I don't want to break that. No, that's because, fair you enough. Know, we're making a breakthrough and that's I just carry on until, you know, um, the session's session's finished really what sort of scenarios do we have i mean we can all say like today that the kids tend to say no worries when you hand something over and say thank you and i think well i'm not worried love yeah that's right i mean you'd be surprised the amount of people that suffer with anxiety these days Mm. and stress um it's normally a symptom of a underlying cause you know because it is another cause that is you know presenting the symptom of the anxiety and even in children i work a lot with teenagers you know they do need a lot lot of help don't they they do they've lost their way because i think their parents 
I, I don't like saying it in a nasty way, but they wet nurse them a little too much. Yes, yeah. So consequently, um, they, they can't stand on their own two feet, can they? No, and they're under a lot of pressure at school, you know, yeah. with exams, you know, because everything's expected of them, certain things, you know. Um, and if they're not capable or they think they're not capable, mm-hmm. then they're going to struggle. And that's when the anxiety sets in. That's right. And that can interfere with their exams because I can remember a friend of mine when she went in to do her French GCSE, as they were at the time, and she just couldn't do it. She just went a mental blank. Yeah. I had a cousin, um, top of the class in the RAF, went up to take his flying um, test and couldn't remember a thing and failed. Yeah, Nobody could believe it. a mental it. block. Yeah. That's right. That's yes. right. I mean, sometimes, I mean, not my cousin with the flying, but um, my friend, she asked if she could take her exams again because, yeah. and she she got through them with flying colours. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And this is what happens, I'm afraid. Mm. It's just the body and the way that the mind goes, you know, and the way it thinks. Mm. Um, it just does this. It puts these blocks in the place, you know, so it's about shifting those blocks. When I was about 45, I suddenly started having panic attacks yes so if 20 people got off the train and one got on everything would go inside me yes complete pandemonium yeah and i'd be getting up and they'd blow the whistle for the train to pull out and i'd be jumping off the train and i didn't know anything about it no no that's what happens it's normally a root cause and a trigger and that is obviously the trigger if people getting on and off the train mm. you know that's caused the panic attack mm. um, but there's a deeper root cause to that that's actually you know created that in the first place because mm. the first time it happened it was uh, i was on the underground and i didn't think at the time i'd gone to cannon street because i saw a seat on a train so i thought right here goes i'm going for that one and got to cannon street got on the underground and all of a sudden the train came in and i got on they closed the doors and i couldn't i just absolutely went berserk and i was pushing to get to the other side because i knew at the next station the doors would open on that side of the carriage and i could get out but it didn't, and I pushed my way back, and I thought, if that person doesn't stop moaning, I'm going to hit them in a minute, and it was me. Yes, yeah, I, I, you know, I know where you're coming from And there. it was five stops, and I had to get off each, and I thought, what's the matter with me? You've done this for years, you know. Yes. And at every stop, I had to get off, wait for the next one, get back on, and that was the only way I could get to work. Yes. And I thought, what on earth is happening to me? Yeah, did you do it's anything not... about it? Did you seek any help? I didn't. I, right. I tried to analyse myself and say yeah. what's causing it, but it took me three and a half years of sort of saying that and going into yes. it quite deeply with myself before I realised that, no, it's mm. it's something else that's causing it. You can't just get over it. No, that's And, of right. course, as I walked towards something, because I was always the one that organised I'd walked towards it and couldn't do anything. I just froze. Yes. And my friends used to knock into my back and they'd say, well, where are we going? What are we doing? And I'd say, I don't know. I can't do it. Yes, you can. You've always said, no, I can't do it. Yes. And it, and to you, it's really real. I mean, and to the client, what they're feeling and what their experience is, is so real. Mm. Because it's not fake. It is real. It's fierce know. as well. It is. Oh, yes. And it's frightening because you think my heart's thudding. It's going to come out yeah. my body in a minute. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I did try to talk myself out of it, and I think I'm a lot better now. Yes. In fact, I would say I was. Ten years ago, I got on a, two flights and about five or six trains mm. abroad. I was perfectly okay. Uh, yeah. Came back, met a friend in London, got on a 
a mini decker bus as I call it and it got more and more crowded and I just up and got off yes yeah this is what happens to mm. a lot of people. You're not on your own. No, you're trying to run away from something that's there. Right. And I thought, no, I'm not running away. I'm sticking it out. But sometimes yeah. you just can't. No, no, that's right. The thing with the brain is the brain will do what you want. You tell it to do mm-hmm. because it's so powerful. So like people that have got negative an out- outlook on things and they always think negatively are actually going to experience anxiety, stress, you know, fears, phobias, a lot, lot more because they're actually believing that it's negative. Mm. They're not thinking in a different way. And so hypnotherapy will help them, um, their relationship with different things, you know, especially like with weight loss, it's a different relationship with food for people that struggle um, because they can't do it on their own. Um, And also with fears and phobias, it's just about thinking about it in a different way. You or know, sometimes changing you can, your thoughts. But changing your thought because you can think something will happen and it never does. No, that's right. So yes. then, I mean, I've always lived by the philosophy, don't, don't worry about things because when you cross your bridges and you look back and you think, well, what the hell yeah. did I worry about? Yeah. But talking to somebody who's in that situation and can't help but worry, mm-hmm. it doesn't get through to them. No. Do you know when these children sometimes they say, oh, I've got a stomachache, I don't want to go to school? And the reason they don't want to go to school is because of a re- you know mm. a reason why they don't want to go to school, whether it's bullying or they find it too hard, they're struggling, nobody's helping them or they feel isolated. So they're telling themselves that they don't want to go to school. So the brain will then connect to that and give them a stomachache, which mm. is real because it's not fake again. They are actually suffering with a stomachache, mm. but it's the brain's way of stopping them from doing something they don't want to do. Do you think sometimes it's because parents are dashing around here, there and everywhere and they're sort of offloading their kids to school for a breakfast club or something yeah. like that? Yes. Because I know of a recent, well, not recent incident, but a, a local school and the headmistress was telling me that there's somebody comes in a taxi and picks a little girl up five years of age and mm. takes her to school and takes her home again. And when the little girl wasn't well one day, they rang the mother who was at work and she rang her son who was only about three years older than the little girl, and said, go to that school, pick your sister up and take her home. She's not well. This is what happens, you know, and it's it's such a shame. There's no reaction between parents and children in a lot of cases, is there? No, I think it's just too much pressure on. Both the parents have to work now, so they're opting No, around, it's, a, it's only pressure if you look on it as pressure. Yeah, true. That's, that's my true. opinion. Yes. If you look at something as being, oh, if it gets done, it gets done, you will get it done. And far quicker than worrying about it because you're wasting space in your head worrying, aren't you? Yes, you are. You are, definitely. Yes. I don't know. The things that we do in life and then we've got (laughs) to sit back, give ourselves five minutes and analyse it and say, nah, come on. That's Pull right. yourself together. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's true. And if you take a deep breath and then breathe out and just notice how you're feeling after that breath, you'll find that there's a stillness. So you're bringing yourself back to a moment when, you know, and I think people don't do that enough these days. Talking about flying, some people are afraid. I can't mm-hmm. say I like being up there and when it gets a bit bumpy. No. But at the no. same time, I think, well, I know it can still keep flying. Yes, and if my number's right. up, my number's up. I, I can't exactly. say, 
I'm going to, I mean, I, I joke with friends and say I'm going to live till I'm 200. And when I'm 100, I'm going to join a youth club. And when I'm 150, I'm going to do every Olympic game going <laughs> and then travel the world for 50 years telling everybody how wonderful and clever I am and how I did it. That's a brilliant way of looking at life, though. And I said, when I get to 200, I couldn't care less what happens to me. Yeah, that's right. But I had an uncle one day after um, one of my mum's sisters died and I'd been arranging the funeral. And I just got to the point, I said, oh, I've done everything, I've done this, I've done that. And driving along the motorway, I said to him, oh, I said, if anything should happen to me, I said, before you die, I said, just chuck me over the garden wall. To which he replied after a few seconds, but Eileen, what you don't realise is your neighbours might not want rubbish thrown into their garden. <laughs> which was just really what I needed because yes. I was, you know, everybody on the phone, what's happening? And that, well, come down here and yes. find out, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's it's a complete contrast to being working with properties but then it's building isn't it at the same time yes it is it is it's building the foundations and then brick by brick everything comes up it does foundations it does so anything that takes you down all right we've all got to go down for a few seconds in life and then you pick up again don't you yes you do that's right it's just that some people struggle to pick up Mm. um that's the problem and that's when they normally seek help from a therapist yeah um it's not really till they get to rock bottom you know that they'll do something about it so how do people know about you then um well i do advertise i've got a website mm-hmm. um which is first for hypnotherapy.co.uk and i'm also accredited um with the hypnotherapy society and i'm on all the directories um, i also work alongside the wisdom hospice in rochester uh, the cancer patients on the day center on a monday um, so that's going brilliantly um, and it's really helping the patients to manage their pain and also any side effects that they have from the treatment um, so that's you know just an amazing day for me it's something that you must feel that you've got a lot of um satisfaction from if you it can is. help people like it that. Is. Do they ever say anything to you? Yes, I mean, I, when I started there, it was only about five patients. Um, it's now 15. It's just growing and growing. They're actually bringing patients in from the wards, you know, to come along to my sessions. So, um, yeah, it's brilliant. And I always ask for feedback mm. because I, I always do what the patient wants or the client wants. It's not about me. It's about helping them, you know, and we swap and change different um, tactics and I give them techniques techniques you know um, and they just love it so it's really rewarding I think sometimes pain can come from tension as we were saying earlier on you know if a child's got a doesn't want to go to school and it says it's got a stomach ache I mean sometimes it's to get a day off because they know grandma's coming or something like that we've all had these ploys in our lives haven't we yeah we we have that's right but it must be nice when if somebody says, well, I can think in another way about the pain or discomfort that I'm in. That's right. It's disassociating yourself from it. Mm. You know, as you say, thinking in a different way. You know, there are certain techniques that you can focus on, which does sort of dull the pain. I use a technique called the control room. So they use a control dial, um, you know, to turn the pain down notch mm-hmm. by notch you know, things mm. like that. Um, it's just one technique I've sort of taught them. Um, but I like to teach them self-hypnosis mm. so that they can use that whenever they want to. Yes, that's important. If When they're on their own and they've got a down mm. moment, then they can think in a different way. I know mm. um, there's a home 
when my mum went into a home, it was um, we set up a sensory room. Mm-hmm. So there were lights and colours and things that people could touch, yes. which took their mind off maybe the aggravation they were going through. That's right. The nurses would take them in and they'd get some um, essential oils or something, massage their hands, yes. all things like that. does make a difference. To calm them down. Yeah, it does make a difference. Mm. You know, it's simple breathing techniques as well. It is. You know, and it is a type of distraction. But I sort of, um, I do ask them if I can touch them because I do rest my hand on their shoulders, which helps them to relax even more. And I had one of the clients actually said to me um, that when I was in pain at home the other day, I just closed my eyes and I imagined you putting your hand on my shoulder. And he said the pain went away. Mm. So, you know, that's brilliant to me. And also you can feel the first place to show tension is the shoulders and yes, the back of the exactly. upper back, isn't it? Yes, it and the is, neck. yeah. Years ago, I watched a television program, and it was about tennis, and Chris Evert was being interviewed, and she lay on this bed, and she had lovely white towels all around her, and this man was massaging her, and I thought, mm. that's what they need because of their muscles. And I thought, oh, one day when I get time, I'm going to have a massage. And since I stopped work, I have a massage about every six weeks, and sometimes she finds knots in me, and it is agony when she gets the knots out. Yeah. But I know they're there for a reason. That's right. And I come out and she said, the place I go to now, she does a head massage and facial massage and the full body massage. Yes. Well, I went for the whole lot the first time I went to her. But when I came out, I thought, do you know, all I want to do is drive through these red traffic lights and drive straight through that police station over there. (laughs) I don't care. No. So the next time I went, I said, no, I don't think I'd better go for that, love. I said, unless you're doing it in my house. That's right. Or somebody has driven me here because I said, there's no way I can do that. No. (laughs) But it is nice if you can just get yourself, give yourself, was it David Attenborough said recently, stop for 10 minutes and look at a quarter of an hour and find a butterfly, which, you know, I know. We've got to, you know, whatever Brexit brings or yes, this MP right. says or does, you know, you've got to switch off. You have. Yeah, you have. That's right. And I think yoga's brilliant for that. I mean, I'm not yes. a yoga person, but I do do yoga and I do do breathing. Yes, that's right. Because I yes. think it's so important. I think it's a good thing because sometimes you're not thinking about how to relax. If somebody says to you, oh, relax, stop worrying, how do I do it? Could be the question yes. that person asks to themselves. That's right. I haven't got time. No. And you've got to find out how to make time you have. for yourself. You have. Even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes in a, a soak in the bath. Yeah. In the mornings, when you first wake up, before, when you go to bed, as you say, in the bath is an ideal time just to relax. Mm you know, uh, and just meditate just for five or ten minutes. It, just The health benefits are enormous. I think uh, my mum had twin sisters and one of them was the warrior and the other one was, as my mum used to say, as daft as a brush. <laughs> so you could tell the warrior because she had the lines yeah. on her face. Exactly. And long-term stress does, you know, it, it will turn into some sort of illness mm. because that's what happens. Short-term stress, yes, it's fine. We all go through that. Um, so on short periods, it's okay. But it's when it's long-term, that's when the damage is done. Do you think sometimes people are just afraid to ask for help? They are. And a lot of people are sceptical, you know, about hypnosis and hypnotherapy. But if they went along to just one session... Yes, yeah, And found out about it. They don't have to come back. It could be something that they would say, 
I don't need this. Yeah, just give I it a go. I can hear that. I, I recognise there's something I'm not doing right here and I can yeah. do it for myself, which is a help yes. to them. People think that it's going to be like stage hypnosis, I think, and that we're going to take over their mind and make them cluck like a chicken. But that's not what hypnotherapy is. That's stage hypnosis and it's done well, for that, entertainment that's purposes. entertainment for the public, yeah. isn't it? But this is not entertainment. No, totally this is not. genuinely helping it people. It is. It's, it's well-being, you know, for your mind and body. Because mm-hmm. if your mind and body have got that connection, then you're going to be the best that you can be, mm. you know. I know a friend of mine, she um, she works in this hospital and the ward she worked on, both her parents died on that ward right. and she found it difficult to cope and she had to ask for a move. Yes, I can Now, at least that. she could see what was going on Yes, and she did something about it yeah. and everybody helped her and said yes. Yes, that's you know, right. But it's um, it's a difficult place to go to to ask for help because you feel you're so macho, you're so strong. Yes. You're in charge of your life. I can do this. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. And but like me with panic attacks, hitting a brick wall and mm. I can't do it. No, no, we no. all need a bit of help. And it's not a weakness. No. It's actually a strength if you can ask for help. Because, you, you know, you want to feel well. You want to be okay. And you want to be able to fly or you want you to do. be able That's to. That's right. Life's walk too across short. the road without <laughs> thinking somebody will knock me over. Yes, you that's know, right. You know, it's that, or, or that bridge. Yes. Don't worry, because when you get to the other side, yeah. you know, it's it's just that little bit of talking to some people need, don't they? It is, that's right. And that's why I offer a free consultation face-to-face or over the phone, because I like to meet the clients. So they, you know, they can see me, I can see them. If they don't want to work with me, that's perfectly fine. And sometimes you can read their faces. You can. You can see when there's a problem you coming can. in, can't that's you? That's right, exactly. Yeah. And what they come in with is totally, it's probably something not to do with, you know, what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. It's something else completely. Yeah. If I went to a doctor and said, look, I'm worried about this, that and the other, I can't stop worrying, it's in my nature, blah, blah, blah. If he gives me tablets... I I'm the kind of person I don't want tablets. No. I want to know what's wrong with me. I've come to you because I've got an ache or a pain. Yes. Or a problem the way I think and act. I don't want tablets. No. I want to know what is wrong. What am I doing wrong? How can I correct it? But there's not everybody can think that way. No, and the doctors haven't got the time. That's the problem. They're so inundated, you know, with people. Mm. Um, You get five minutes with the doctor, you know, so it's easier just to hand out medication. Which is wrong, really, it isn't is. it? It is, but it happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, some medication I'm on, if I don't have the brands, I, I don't like it and I don't feel mm. well. So no. I'd rather do without the tablets, but I can't. No, that's right. You've got to, you've got to go along with it, but uh, yes. having found out the ones that don't affect me badly, I'm quite happy at yes. the moment to keep going with those. That's right, yes. Well, Carol, it's been lovely talking to you, and thank you very thank much you, for Eileen. coming in and having a chat with us. If you'd like to hear more episodes in this series of podcasts, or indeed see our other podcasts, search for our podcast website in your browser, hospitalradiomedway.captivate.fm. There's four easy ways to listen to HRM FM. Go to our website at hospitalradiomedway.co.uk and click to listen now. Go to NHS Wi-Fi on your device and find us there. Say, play Hospital Radio Medway to your smart speaker or switch your radio on and go to 87.9 FM, the radio station for the Medway Maritime Hospital. This is HRM FM.